to be able to say, and I'm content in this place, takes all the courage I can muster. GMBA YouthCast. How can you ever know that you're where you're meant to be? When literally one decision can completely change the whole trajectory of your life. Well, today on YouthCast, brother Doug Obradovich shares about how he learned that sometimes the place where you feel most comfortable is far from where you're meant to be. Brother Doug, thank you for joining. Just to get right into a little bit of background on this chapter in your life. As a young person starting to transition into becoming an independent adult, if someone asked you, where's your place or where do you belong? What would your answer have been? I was never challenged to think it would be anywhere but where I was. And so for me, I was just starting in college. For me, I was I was a member of the Lake Worth branch. Uh, I had zero, zero belief I would ever be anywhere but Lake Worth branch for the rest of my life. And probably a year into our marriage, my, my wife started to, to voice to me, she was not satisfied with her spiritual life where we were. And so um, coincidentally, believing there's no coincidences, coincidentally, um, uh, my landlord at our apartment came up to me on a, this is a literal, on a, on a Wednesday and said, don't forget, next, next Wednesday, you have to re-sign your, your contract, your lease. And I said, we're still a couple months away. He said, oh, don't you remember, last time you signed a short lease. And so I walked away from that thinking, oh, we're in trouble because we had not really even begun to pray about moving. And I said to Candace, if we're going to change, we have to find something this weekend. We have Saturday to look for an apartment, period. And, and at day end on Saturday, if we don't find anything, God's answer is we stay in Lake Worth. And so... Um, we that's how we went to prayer it was panic it was <laughs> urgent it was immediate it was lord we need your confirmation find us an apartment and if not we understand that we're supposed to stay so how did you end up eventually making that the move it was um late in the afternoon and by late i mean four or four thirty in the afternoon on a saturday no one wants anyone coming to their house looking for an apartment at four thirty. We had looked at 20-something apartments in that day, exhausted, worn out. Nothing interested her at this point. We were down to it. And I said, Candace, if God's going to come through, he's going to come through in perfection. I said, tell me what kind of apartment you want. She said, here's what I want. I want a brick apartment. I'd like a, I'd like a single standing apartment, not an apartment house like we're living in, but instead like a duplex or a single uh, dwelling place. I, I want our own place. I said, tell me more. Brick in the front. I want a little fence in the back so our, our dog can go out. She described point by point by point by point. I said, okay. And we sat in this table, we grabbed hands and we prayed. I remember praying out loud, fully faithful that, Lord, if this is your, and I remember to the point of tears saying, if this is your will, just open this up. Picked up her sunset and all the last, the last apartment she had circled on that on Copens Road. And we drove to this apartment. Brick. It was a duplex. It had a little fence in the back. 
It was, I have goosebumps and I'm telling you this and I've told this story a hundred times, but they still raise up on me. It was every single thing she asked for. No one was more surprised than I was. I was just stunned. We were spinning. God was telling us, just depend on me and I'll come through for you if you ask sincerely. In examples like the one you just shared, sometimes God intentionally gets into the details to show us, hey, I just want you to know, for future reference, I do care about the details of your life, and I'm able to give you any good thing. But a few years later, you took another trip that had you, considering pretty seriously, a move across country. Yes. Yeah, so so as, as my new career began, we were in Fort Lauderdale and I took this job and first part of my training was out West. Candace came out for the last week of my training and she and I, we went to Say Benito, New Mexico, and I was rekindled with what I thought was my calling. And that was with the, the native. We go to Say Benito and I know I'm home and I, I don't hold back on emotions. So Candace early on saw, oh no, I, I can see <laughs> way too enthusiastic about this. And um, we did we did church work all day. It was just glorious, glorious. We went to bed finally. And that night before I went to bed, I was way too enthusiastic. But I said, Lord, this is where I want to live. Confirm to me this is where we're supposed to be. Confirm this is my place. And I went to sleep. That night in this dream, the Lord spoke to me and said, your wife is not ready to make this move. And I was rejected from moving out and doing what I thought was my calling, fulfilling what I thought God was calling me to do. And in that dream, I was told absolutely not. I think that's interesting because a lot of times we can think, oh, I have such a strong desire and it's a good thing that I'm desiring. You wanted to do missionary work. And sometimes that's not God's plan. It makes me think kind of like uh, on a sports team, if you have the coach who has all the players and he says, okay, I got this person here, I got this person here, and they each have a purpose and they each are working together and I'm coordinating it. And if we are wanting to be on God's team and serve him and we're just saying, you know, I want to do that role. I want to go over here. We could end up messing up the whole team. And so even when we're enthusiastic and, and excited to do a good thing, it's still important to, to counsel with the Lord in that. Amen. One of the greatest sports stories, I'm, I'm a coach, so I have a, too many sports metaphors, <laughs> but, but one of my dearest friends in my industry, in my world, I, I managed him in Ohio. He played tight end, which is a, a key position and a glory position. He played tight end for a team his junior year. His senior year, the, they, they lost some inside line, linemen, and that's a lousy job on a football team. No one knows who you are. And so the star tight end sacrificed himself and moved in to become a lineman that year the team won the national championship because of that line my buddy dan was never acknowledged for the move he made but what he did was extraordinary he understood for the betterment of the team I'll go to this role because this is best for the team. So yours, what you just said is an example, perfection. I took my place where God wanted me, and I have to believe someone else stepped into that role who was supposed to be there. We just have to know where our place is so God can do his work.
Eventually, God did relocate you and your family. To a place I didn't want to go to. (laughs) To be be sure, to a place I never dreamed I would go to. Uh, My job was, I had continued, I had made a couple different moves and um, moving up, kind of up a ladder. And um, a dear, dear friend of mine uh, had had an opening in Louisville, Kentucky, and reached out to me about this position, um, to which it, it was an immediate position, and I held him off for six months. He didn't fill <laughs> this role because I had zero interest in moving to Louisville, Kentucky, wherever Louisville, Kentucky was. Um, having said that, I interviewed. And everything seemed to be going really well. And I was just kind of buying time while I was praying to God and saying, is this really what what you want from us? Um, Jared, everything was falling into place. Everything. I almost didn't want it to. So I'm talking to Candace about this. I came back from my final uh, interview, the offers on the table. And I said to her, I'm feeling like this is where we're supposed to go. I don't want to leave my parents. I don't want to leave my brother and sister. I don't want to move. I, I don't want to take my family, my little children away from Hollywood. There is nothing about this to the natural man that wants to say yes. And yet it seemed everything was yes. So Candace finally said, I'm not moving, Doug. If you want to take this job, you're on your own. And I flashed back to my dream at San Benito. We're in this bad place again. I said, are you willing to pray? Because I feel like God's telling me, Candace, are you willing to pray? And she said, I'll do that. I'll pray and ask God. I went to work one, one day and she called me on the phone. She said, I had a dream last night. And in my dream, she said, I came out into the kitchen and everything was falling apart in our house. The dishwasher door fell open and smoke came pouring out of the dishwasher. She said, I I tried to get away from that. And I opened the refrigerator and everything fell out of the refrigerator. She went around the corner of the bar and the carpeting was all torn off the floor. She said, it was the strangest dream. She said, I picked Kylie. My son was a year old at this time. Uh, I picked Kylie up into my arms. And Kylie wasn't speaking yet. He wasn't a year old yet. And he said to Candace, Mommy, I want to go to Kentucky. We've lived in Kentucky for 29 years now. Wow. And, we've, and we've not looked back because of that, because of that dream. We knew this is where God wanted us. Did you ever figure out why you think God was calling you to Kentucky? So I, if you would have asked that question to me 25 years ago, I would say, I don't see it. And my answer then would have been, hold that thought, because we're out of here as soon as we can get as soon as I get another opportunity. And a few years later, you did have that perfect opportunity to get out of there. Again, uh, un- unprovoked by me. I was not searching for anything. It, it a, a man who had been the... Uh, My president at the bank had moved on and moved to Seattle, Washington, and said, I have this position. Um, And I was thrilled. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll interview. So within the week, I interviewed with the people in Fort Lauderdale, and an offer was made to me. And, And where I was at this point, I had begun to meet on Wednesday nights with a small group in Kentucky. So we didn't have a branch, we didn't have a mission, but we had begun to meet with this small group. As I'm interviewing, I'm interviewing to leave them. And everything is going perfect. 
literally my my income is going to double my position is higher it's the next level up i'm going to run all of texas and florida but the part that no one really probably factored in is my father had just passed away and my office when i interviewed down there was going to be one and a half miles from my mother's house in lake worth florida it was feeding every one of my needs I was a yes, yes, yes. We were all but gone at that point. You said that you've been living in Kentucky for the past, what, 25 years. So you yes. didn't leave. Why would you not leave? Yeah, that, that might be the question I ask myself more often. <laughs> How are we still here? Exactly. So I love this manager, that he was the last confirming thing to the natural mind. I wanted to be with Joel, yet I kept telling Joel, Joel, I just have to make sure that this is the right thing for me. Um, so I had kind of bought a week here, a week here, a week here, a week here, and it was a Thursday night, and and I had no more, can you wait another week? It was, it was um, Friday morning, he wanted his answer. So I brought my family into our living room. I confessed to them that I hadn't been able to move the hand of God. And I said that um, I had been praying. And, and, and Jared, I want you to know something. I thought I had been praying sincerely. I know that I had been praying to my God. I know that I was asking him the right things, but something was missing. And I told my family that. And I said, would you all be my strength right now. Just kneel at your couch and I'm going to pray and ask God to answer me. I don't remember how this happened, but I remember this part. I started kneeling at this, this coffee table um, upright. When I finished my prayer, and I don't know how I got to this posture, I was flat out on the carpet crying. I'm not an emotional person, but, but in this moment, I was just begging God, please give me an answer. But really what I was saying is, please tell me yes, so I can leave. That's really what I was praying. I have to say that that's hard when you know so strongly, this is the outcome I want. It makes perfect sense. It's it, it even, even you had, there were good motivations for why you wanted to go with this decision. It's hard to approach the Lord sincerely in that mindset, because at least for me, I'm afraid sometimes of the answer I'm going to get. It's, sometimes I like don't want to pray because I'm like, if I pray, then God might not tell me what I want to hear. And that's tough. And that's where I was. And it, in the experience I had is humiliating. Uh, what I'll do is after a prayer like that, I'll say, Lord, confirm to me. And I'll <laughs> open the word. Um, and I have both both records together and bound in one. And I open the word and I'll say, Lord, just tell me. And I'll close my eyes and I'll <laughs> put my finger down. So this night I did this. Now, I, I was certain that God's going to give me my yes. And so I was not fearful to point down. And what I pointed at is James, the fourth chapter, the third verse. And it couldn't be more clear. And I couldn't be further from where I thought I was going to land. And it says this, ye ask and receive not because you ask amiss. You ask wrong. You ask the wrong mindset that ye may consume it upon your lusts. Now, you've already said something that I was part of my defense. I was asking good things for good reasons, considering my mom. 
But even that was my lust. I wanted to care for my mother. That was my natural need to care for her. I would have a better house. I would have a better home. I would have a better everything for my children. That's a good desire. But what the Lord was saying is, I'm consumed by my own lust. Everything was about me. I hadn't asked him one time, where do you want me? And that particular night, I was disappointed that he didn't answer, but I still hadn't heard rejection. (laughs) So I still thought, well, there's still an outside chance. I prayed that night. I landed in Alma the 17 and the verse, and I did the, you know, close my eyes and point him again, Lord, give me a yes. And I read this and Ammon said unto him in the 23rd verse, yea, I desire to dwell among this people for a time. Yea, perhaps until the day I die. And it came to pass that King Lamoni was much pleased with Ammon and caused that his bands should be loosed. In that moment, my bands were loosed. And I understood I'm supposed to stay right here among these people. Now, that would be strong enough. That would be good enough for me to say, okay, this is what God wants. I called Joel that next morning. I explained to him the situation. I even told him that I was a minister, told him everything. Joel is a non-believer. And he said to me on the phone, Doug, I was waiting for your yesterday. But if you have a ministry and you're supposed to to minister to these people, I will not accept your your coming to this job. You're supposed to stay right there. And that was magnificent. I thought, all right, that's my confirmation. I called Candace. I told her. She said, I want to tell you something. After you left, I didn't know what you were going to do. You didn't tell me yes or no. You didn't tell me you had had this experience. She said, I opened the scripture this morning after you left and prayed. I want you to see this. This is, this is literally, when the books are together, just in this particular font, literally 1,500 pages. She could have picked any, any spot to read. She did the finger thing. Okay, Mine is right here. She found scripture on the next page. Her verse said this. And when they all, and this is in, in Alma 18, when they all testified to the things which they had seen, and he learned of the faithfulness of Ammon in preserving his flocks. Now they're talking about a shepherd. They're talking about a literal shepherd and flocks of sheep. What we weren't factoring in is I had begun meeting with these people in, in Kentucky. We had a flock And my staying was part of God's plan to preserve that flock. My answer was no. We were supposed to stay. Three months later, in a Sunday service, we had our first seven baptisms in the Oldham County Mission because God had stopped my turnaround. And that should have been enough, but not for the Lord. He wasn't done confirming. So I went to my mission and I, I, this small group of people, I told them that Sunday, two days later, what had transpired and that we were staying in Kentucky, which was odd because they never knew we were leaving. (laughs) So I'm telling them that we're staying. And what I don't know is one of the people there is Danny Palacios, who had moved from Ohio to Kentucky two years before. What I wasn't aware is later that, that 
Sunday afternoon, he called his mother, Sister Rose Palacios. And she calls me to say, Brother Doug, I want to tell you in a dream I had three months ago. Jared, I want you to understand something that's extraordinary about this dream. I hadn't begun interviewing with anybody. I wasn't going anywhere. I wasn't leaving Kentucky when she had this dream from God. And in the dream, she said she saw a big silver truck. The moving truck was in my driveway. We were leaving Kentucky in this dream. She said she went, she walked down our driveway and there was a man standing there with a clipboard and he turned the clipboard to her and it had my name written across the top, Obradovich. And underneath, there was a big red stamp across the name and it said canceled on the, on the order. Prior to me even being told that I had an opportunity to move, our sister had this dream 500 miles away from me. When God wants you somewhere and you ask him, if you're really, if you're sure you want to hear the answer, God will put you where he wants you. At least in our lives, there has been nothing sweeter than living in the knowledge that we're where God wants us to be. We are an eternal soul created by God, intended to return to Him. That's the purpose He created us for. And right now, this body we're in, this earth that we see with our eyes, it's just our our temporary dwelling place. It's a tent along the way to get there. When we get so fixated sometimes on staying in our comfort zone and being so comfortable in everything we see with these eyes, then we forget about that eternal soul and and we neglect it. And that core part of who we are, if it's disconnected from God, we're never going to feel like we're where we're meant to be because that's what we were made for is to be with the Lord. And that's why it's so important in any decision we make, whether it's your career, whether it's what organization am I going to be a part of? What relationship am I going to be in? What values am I going to, to live by in my life? Is, is not just looking at that the earthly, well, what's comfortable to me? What's convenient or what feels right? But saying, how is this going to affect my walk with the Lord? How is this going to affect my soul and, and my journey that I'm on to return to God one day? Now, to confirm what you just said, Candace and I immediately, after I turned Joel down and, and we heard that experience from Sister Rose, and three months later, this mission starts, after I told her that dream, we told each other, we can never say we should have moved to Florida. One month later, I lost my job in Kentucky. <laughs> lost it. I was, I was terminated from my job in Kentucky. And what God was showing me is your spiritual life is just starting to flourish. And this is nothing in comparison. And so he took away what was left of my natural pride and what kind of sustained us. And we were brought back down to our knees, begging God, just like I was begging him in the, in the living room that Thursday night always making certain we keep our eyes fixed on him and not on the natural things. It's so joy-filled to be where you're supposed to be when you're in the place that God has selected for you, whether it's physical, whether it's, it's spiritual, whether it's emotional, whether it's literal, it's finding your place where God wants you. That's so important.
See, if someone hears my testimony and says, I want to live like this or like that, or I want God to speak to me like this, I would say, you have to find your own route. Find out how you and the Lord communicate and then start listening in that language that he speaks to you. If someone were to ask you now at this stage in your life, where do you belong? What is your place? What would your answer be? Jared, I've learned to be content. I'm, I've learned that I'm not always satisfied with myself. I'm not always satisfied with what I give back. But contentment is, is knowing that what God is giving me is right. And so I find myself in a place that is filled with contentment at this stage of my life. There are times that's an easier statement to make than others. And that's, that's the other key to this. Um, these have been the, la the, the most difficult two years of my life, these last two years. To be able to say, and I'm content in this place, takes all the courage I can muster. Because... It's not what I want. And, and things that, that we go through at times are not what we want. But if we can find that, that, that place being in the know to realize this is where I'm supposed to be in spite of, no matter what else is happening, there is a deeper joy that overcomes the sadness. The sadness is there, but I am joy-filled knowing that I'm in the place God would have me, and more importantly, have my family. For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to His purposes. All things work together for good. It may not have felt good in that moment when he rejected my move out west, but coupled with these other things, it's all for good. It's all for good. And it goes on to say, for them that love God, that are the called, not according to my purpose. Remember what I told you throughout. And this took all my, cur my, my courage as, as I asked God, wasn't my purpose. I kept asking, Lord, what do you want according to his purpose? Thank you, Brother Doug. If you're a young person between the ages of 18 and 23, and you're trying to figure out what is all this hype about Sabanino, New Mexico, Good news, you can find out for yourself this summer. Youth in Action is coming to Say Benito. More information is in the description. Registration is open now. It's gonna be unforgettable. And to everyone else in the audience, catch you next time. I'm Ethan Griffith from the Forest Hills branch in Florida. Make sure to like and subscribe and leave a comment and share this video with someone you know. You can connect with the GMBA on YouTube, all major podcast platforms, and Instagram. Thanks.